called baby making hips where it's like they're they're hips that are just slightly wider than the shoulders Kaon is a really good example of that baby making hips they look like they're 12 <laughs> when does that ever stop anybody oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> hello fbi what's <laughs> what's fbi dude and welcome to Anime Club After Dark, the podcast that delves into all things anime, manga, and otaku culture related. I'm your host, Alex, but you can call me Senpai, and joining me tonight, I have our czar of source material, John. Hi. <laughs> and our chivalry of Shota Shotaro. Oh my god, Becky. Was that supposed to be a Sir Mix-a-Lot reference? Yes, I knew you would get it because you have a very, oh. very uh, old personality i knew you were gonna go there it's yo, you calling yo, me old but i don't want none if you ain't got, got buns, buns hun. Hun. exactly mm. <laughs> i i want to say that's a great way to segue into what we're talking about but it's not really <laughs> it is actually if is it okay well it. then please segue us into this because i don't know how <laughs> All right, speaking of overly voluptuous women, tonight what? we're going to be talking about <laughs> Kill Annie. Well, unless we're talking about voluptuous eyes. I don't know, man. Have you seen the thighs on Rika? On okay, okay, yes, okay, yeah, you're right. I, I take it all back. I take it. You see Senpai, she thick, boy. <laughs> yeah, we are. Tonight we are going to be talking about uh, one of my personal favorite studios, uh, Kyoto Animation. We talked about this a few months ago about doing like a retrospective show around uh, Kyoto Animation, and we finally got around to it. Uh, so the first thing I want to talk about very briefly, I want to talk about the, the early history of Kyoto Animation. Um, it's hard to believe, and a lot of people probably don't realize this but kyoto animation was founded all the way back in 1981 nine years before i was even born uh, and it was uh founded by a husband and wife uh duo Hide- uh, hideaki hata and yoko hata uh they were employed at amushi production which is a production studio that was originally founded by osamu tezuka the father of anime uh, he was the one who came up with Astro Boy, Kimba the White Lion. Uh, but yeah, they were working there. It's it's sort of analogous to Studio Trigger. There was a bunch of people there that got kind of fed up with how things are being run there. And like, fine, we're going to go start our own thing. And they did. They went and they founded Kyoto Animation back in 1981. Uh, okay, hold on, hold on. You said Kimba the White Lion, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the show that Disney ripped off of and made The Lion King from? It is. It was well. It was originally a movie. Oh no! It was originally a TV series, then made into a movie. The movie, I think, is the one that originally came to the West, and then yeah, Disney in the '90s essentially ripped off most of the story components of Kimba the White Lion, and, and they even made the, the main King. character named Simba. Oh my yeah. god! It, yeah, Fucking they even Disney. made the main character's name in The Lion King rhyme with the main character's name in Kimba the White Lion. Um, yeah, so fuck you, Disney. <laughs> also, they even like they even stole animation cues from Kim of the White Lion. <laughs> uh, fuck Disney. Uh, but from the time they were uh, founded back in 1981 to all the, almost all the way through to the early 2000s, they really didn't do full-on anime productions. They basically just did like in-between animations. They did colorings. They did um a lot, a lot of the in, in between work that you saw uh for other studios they weren't they were never like a main studio that worked on anything unless you count in 1991 they did do an OVA series which i believe was, it was either a one or two episode OVA series called the uh, Shiwa Sete Nani uh back in July of 1991 uh but their very first uh the very first full on anime production was John what was it? 
Fumofu. Fumofu. Full Metal Panic Fumofu. Back in 2003. I was 13 years so old. So they took 20, year, 20 plus years after founding to make their first anime television series. And, and le- unless you count the OVA that they did make in 1991. And it yes. wasn't even like their original <laughs> series. They just took it from someone else. That is All right. funny. They so, did, yeah, yeah. The first, the first season of Full Metal Panic was done by Studio Gonzo. Well, that explains why Fumofu and Second Barrage is that what it was called? Second, uh, the, yeah, Second Raid. Second Raid, yeah. Second Barrage is Black Lagoon. Yes, um, it is. <laughs> Second Raid had such a different animation style, and Fumofu was completely different because they're like if you don't know anything about full metal panic uh the first season it's very action oriented it's about mechas and like war and it has like kind of this slice of life comedy aspect to it and then after season one it kind of goes in it goes into fumofu and fumofu is like straight up just slice of life comedy no more action no more mecha fighting it's just fucking comedy and i actually liked fumofu more than i liked uh season one and season two because I just I really liked the slice of life aspect and the comedy mm. of the characters more than I liked the action. The action was stupid in my opinion, but well, the more Full Metal Panic has one of those stories where the more you think about it, the less sense it actually makes. Well, it's because it it had such a huge split. It's like it's like Guilty Crown, okay? Oh, where it's God. like, hey, oh, back to Guilty Crown. There we go. Back to this again. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, it's it's like Guilty Crown because it's like, hey, we have this like subplot that's actually gonna be the main plot, but we're gonna just go through all this like stupid ass slice of life shit first and make it seem like it's all oh, it's just a high school slice of life with quirky aspects, and then all of a sudden, bam! Now we're all into the serious hard shit and war is happening. We got to there's people dying and oh we're a very serious anime i'm like yeah but you just like you literally fucking 12 episodes ago we're having a dude dress up in a fucking gunta ganto whatever the fucking little rat thing is and shooting people with fucking rubber bullets <laughs> like shooting people in the ass with rubber bullets yeah it's like it's it's so big of a gap you know mm. and it's it's kind of weird that's why I didn't like Full Metal Panic that much because, you know, when you get into it, it's all action and then it suddenly becomes all slice of life and then it goes back to full on action. It comes back even harder than it was. Like main character lead guy goes like dark depressed mode and, oh, I need to destroy the evil. Oh, the Lambda drives. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Full Metal Panic's not right. It's 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 all right. It's not that great. Um. I definitely think that the person who created Full Metal Panic, they also created, I believe, Amagi Brilliant Park. What? It looks exactly mm-hmm. the same. It looks exactly the same. Wait, as in like and the even, manga? I want to say yes. I don't know very much because I don't care that Lol. much about Full Metal Panic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is this is right. But I remember when Amagi Brilliant Park came out. They even have the um, the little rat guy as one of the main characters. Uh, yes, uh, they they are both written by the same person. That's such okay, that makes stories. a lot of sense. Shoji Gato. So, and then I loved Amagi Brilliant Park because they embraced the whole like, hey, let's just do the whole comedy slice of life thing. And I'm like, yes, yes, I love this. Yeah, I mean that does. I would say that's Amagi Brilliant Park's biggest strong suit. It's like it takes like the style of uh, Full Metal Panic and let's just make this a raucous comedy. I see no relation between those two anime <laughs> at all. Have you wait? <laughs> have you seen Amagi Brilliant Park? Yes. Okay, I just, I just see, I just see there to be like I think there's a, a comparison between the two there. Okay. I would say that the only reason I realized it was probably made by the same guy was because of the fucking rat character, right? The Fumofu that helps, guy. yes. Like the, uh, oh my god, and the fact that like now it's canon that they're in the same universe, so I'm like, wait a second, wait a second now. <laughs> so we have Magical Princess Lady, and then also like theme parks, and this theme park character is real, so that means the Lambda Drives and Mechs are also real in this universe? So, okay, like... so it's funny you say that, because 
one of the things that I noticed, I went and when I went and saw um, the Geneva movie, the Love Geneva, you know, the Delusions movie, Take on Me, which I'm still salty that they didn't use that song for the the ED song. <laughs> um, when I went and saw that, one of the things that you see in the background of a lot of the scenes is you see places that are shown in other QNE works. So I'm I wonder if QNE wants her to be like a QNE cinematic universe where like all their works take place in the same universe. That'd be so strange considering how many works they have. <laughs> like no. You've got science and then you've got the magic sides. You got giant mechas fighting space wars and shit. Like hold on, this is all happening in the same timeline. <laughs> like is is it a disney thing or a pixar thing where it's like the same cinematic universe but just different time places i mean listen there's a lot of these shows that there are a lot of these animated they've done where i could actually picture them being in the same universe like so i I guess it is canon because you see it in the the chenevia movie that the chenevia universe and the tamago market universe is the same uh, it takes place in the same setting because yeah. you actually see one of the settings from Tomago Market in the movie. And then in in freaking Clannad, there was the um, Air. The the characters from Air were in it, right? Mm-hmm. I remember that. Oh, and then and then um, you have uh, Yuki and Kion show up in Lucky Star. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, um, you've heard it here, folks. Uh, Kyoani. So in a cinematic universe, it's it's canon. It's it's real. It's which is another name of one of their shows. Oh, canon! So sad. <laughs> oh, canon is really sad. Speaking uh, of canon, I want to talk about how canon was my very first Kyoani anime. Was it your first? It was. I remember I was like just searching through Crunchyroll's app, and like on the it was on my Wii. I remember, and I was like, yeah, oh, here's a show. Let's watch it. And I was just like, it's super cutesy and bug-eyed. But I was like, it was kind of just like whatever. Because <laughs> the animation's not very good. Um, which is weird to think. Because, you know, Kill Annie, as we know it today, has like beautiful freaking animation and art style and stuff. Like, think of like Free or think of Islet Evergarden. And then you go back to like the early 2000s and you got shit like Air and Canon. And you're just like, oh, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> like. What are these monstrosities? Uh, it is. It may be worth noting that uh, Canon was their first attempt at doing a multi-season-long uh, anime. So maybe that had something to do with it. Of why the animation was bad. Yeah, it's the because pr- prior to Canon, the longest uh, production they'd ever had was fourteen episodes, and that was the first season of Haruhi. Okay. And see, Haruhi has a, a completely different art style, and that's probably thanks to the um, the manga. It looks mm. like they didn't try to keep the same, like, like early two, early 2000s Kyoani. You can definitely tell it was Kyoani. You know, you, you got the, the, the antenna bug hair eyes. and the big bug eyes, and that's, like, literally their call sign. You know, it's like, oh, that's Kyoani. Clannad's like that. Air's like that. Cannon's like that. But all the all the adaptations they've ever done of Key's visual novels have looked like that. So maybe it's just kind of a Key thing, right? Early Key. Well, yeah. Well, uh, Key's visual novels have a very distinctive style as well. So yeah, maybe they were just trying to go with, you know, staying true to that, and it just kind of incidentally became their own style. I also didn't know Haruhi was made by Kyoani. What? That's uh, that's news to me. Yeah, I didn't know you that. You didn't realize that? It's like one of their most no. iconic shows. Yeah. Where have you been? Oh God, no, no, God. So that that takes me back to like the times when people did the Har Har Yukai dance. Like any convention you went to, there was always a group of people trying to do the Har Har Yukai dance back in like 2006, 2007, 2008. Yo, it's lit though. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it looks good in animation form. I've never seen someone try to do it and not look like a complete and utter shitbag. Wow. It looks so. It, it, you, you can't do it by yourself, and you got to have a group of people because it's it's a it's a dance where you got to have a group of people. That's so hard. You know, weeps don't have friends. 
I I know, which is why you shouldn't attempt this by yourself. I just oh god, this takes me back to like mid two thousands anime conventions. Just that and glomping and uh, never what a again. Horrible time. Not that I would know about that because I was just born uh, five years ago. Um, speaking of Haruhi, I'm... you're very well. You're very well spoken for a five year old. Thank you. I am a child prodigy. I have been told. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty sure Haruhi was my first Kyo Annie show. I'm not entirely sure. I only watched started watching anime in like 2011. So, and Haruhi Haruhi came out in 2006. So I'm not entirely sure what order I watched their shows, but I remember watching Haruhi on Funimation because they advertised it well, and I'm like, whatever, I'll watch a stupid show, and it wasn't bad. So, so I just, I just I, something I just found out because I'm looking at it right now. So the guy, the the guy who wrote the original Haruhi light novels, is a fucking lawyer. <laughs> what? <laughs> He has a law degree. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. That law degree really came I, in handy. I Not really. <laughs> Wow, what a what a turn that he's made in his life. I just I just I clicked on his name and it's like the first thing is he grins a graduate with a law degree. Like, okay. Did you guys watch Haruhi? What order do you watch it in? That's a really good question. Because I, I've heard a lot. I watched it. Go ahead. I watched it as it aired, oh, so it made God, zero sense. John. Yeah, wait. I did I when hear, I originally. So I hear people saying you should watch it as it aired, and it'll eventually make sense. And I'm like, girl, no. It makes it's like you. You didn't. It didn't make sense for you, John. I assume. No, it didn't make sense, but I. I was like, whatever. It's just—it's a weird show in general. You got aliens, espers, uh, robots from the future, or some shit. Like, it's weird as a show in general. So I didn't mind. It didn't make sense because like some things happened, and I'm like, there was no context for why they're filming Mikurin and this fucking laser eye shit right now. And then like ten episodes later, it's like, <laughs> oh yeah, it's because we had to do it for this. I'm like, oh, well, what the fuck? <laughs> That was a stupid. Mikuru I was about to say the exact same thing. I was just say that was a stupid idea to air it out of order. It's yeah, and then of course it leads to this this question of what order should you actually watch it in? Uh, there's like five different orders you can watch it in, and I'm like, no, bitch, I'm gonna watch it in one order. I, what order I, I'm is like that? John, though, I'm gonna. I, I'm like John though. I originally did watch this in the order that it was aired, and it did indeed make zero sense. I have since gone back and rewatched it in chronological order. It makes more sense, but I will. I still won't say it makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but I would say chronological order is the way you should watch it. Good. It's just a confusing show in general, but I I enjoyed it because it looked good and God knows it was a great song. I love that. <laughs> I just Aya Hirano had like so much potential to become like the queen of anime and then she just took a shit on all of her fans. Wasn't it cuz she kept banging all her bandmates and Well yeah, cuz she was be she was in a band. A... She was in a band and she banged everyone except the drummer. Oh, that's so sad. And apparently she was I know pour one out for the drummer, I guess. Um But yeah, apparently she was banging all of them at the same time. So dude, that's yeah. great. That that fulfills all of my fantasies, of all my voice actresses, you know. And apparently, I I, I don't know how true all, all of this is, but apparently she didn't limit her extra extracurricular activities, shall we say, to her bandmates. Did she bang some fans? I I I don't think it's ever been confirmed, but would you be surprised? <laughs> I mean, dude, that's dope. But you know, again, that's because it's a difference in like cultures, right? Here in America, it's like kind of. Yeah, you can play that promiscuous role as like a rocker or whatever. But in Japan, if you want to be like an entertainer or an idol, they mm. really like pure innocent stuff. In yeah, land... and then that came out, and nobody liked her anymore. I mean, in the land that created Netorare, NTR, they love pure <laughs> stuff, right? It's I so know. Go figure. It's like it's okay for our porn to be all jacked up and shit, but you can't do that in real life. Uh. <laughs> 
So I want to get back to getting mad at QAnon. <laughs> yeah. And away from fucking voice actors banging everything that moves. Uh, um, so we, we've been talking about um, some of the our uh, introduction to QAnon as a studio. Um, so, and we've talked a little bit about this, but I want to ask you guys, what do you think actually makes QAnon so unique and special in the anime industry? Because there's a lot of people, myself included, who have a, a soft spot for this studio. So, don't let it fool you. I've seen like 99% of all the Annie shows they've ever made, and that was by pure accident. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't even know half of these were like Annie made. We have a list of the anim- anim- animeography? How the fuck do you say that? Animeography. And- <laughs> it's a word I just made up. Oh, God, freaking Canadians. Anyway, <laughs> so in this filmography of KyoAni, uh, I I remember going through the list like a couple of days ago. And I was like, hey, I've seen like almost all of these shows except like maybe three or four, and I was surprised because I was like, I didn't even know. Um, but they definitely have a certain like cute style, you know, like the cute mm. moe style that I'm attracted to. I love cute things, all things cute. Um, not all their shows are cutely made, like. Metal Panic Fumofu was definitely cute, but the art style was not like their regular art style, I would say. Yeah, I, I think that's mostly because they took over after the first season from Studio Gonzo, and they I think Gonzo kind of shoehorned them into a specific style. And it well, I mean, it seems like you were saying, like when they adapted the visual the key visuals, um visual novels, that's what they make. Fuck, I was about to say yes. light novels for a second. <laughs> um they they tend to try to stick to the style of the um the source of the source yes and a good example of that is like uh, in um miss kobayashi's dragon maid the author of that series of all their other series is it's the exact same style like uh i can't understand what my husband is saying that's by the same person who made dragon maid and it's the exact same style of like character drawings so i think kill annie when they're not doing like their own beautiful violet evergarden like type of work that they try to stick to the source materials like visualization of what it's supposed to look like which is it's cool you know like mm. i i love it when people stick to source because you know source is best not always the case but it's just it's a cool little thing for me yeah well you mentioned you mentioned violet evergarden that was something that was technically done in house because something else that kyoani does is they have a um I don't really want to. I don't want to call it like a school, but it's like a publishing house for up and coming uh, light novel authors. Mm-hmm. And that was Violet Evergarden was done through that publishing house, um, which was attached to the studios. So they were kind of free to experiment with a style all their own with that. Yeah, except their style. All right, here's something else that I find interesting about Annie. It seems like they put in a lot more effort into their OPEDs than their actual mm. show when it comes to animation. <laughs> um, like, uh, see, see, see example A in K-On? So, like, yeah, in K-On, or also in, like, in Tomical Market, like, the ED is done beautifully, and it's super simple, but the art style looks so fucking beautiful compared mm. to the actual show. And I'm just like, yo, what the fuck? I love this ED, and I love how it looks and how it sounds, but... Why is your animation quality so much higher on the ED than it is on the show? What the shit, dude? Uh, I listen. I it, I'm not gonna like deride them because the OP their their OPs and their EDs are typically really great. That's just something that I noticed. Um, it's like that in for for Haruhi as well when they do the Haruhi Yukai, like with all the dancing and the animation, I'm like, it's a lot smoother than the show is. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? What the actual fuck? Kill Eddie? <laughs> Why do you blow your budget on the OPs and EDs, man? Spread that shit around. Sprinkle it around, man. Come on. <laughs> um. So, something else that's kind of unique for Kyoto Animation is, in, in the anime industry, um, a lot of animators are freelance, so they'll bounce between studio to studio, whereas Kyoto Animation likes to actually hire their animators and keep them in-house for as long as possible so that they can, you know, have 
they can help them grow as, as animators where they're not constantly looking for work. They can sit and focus on actually creating animation. And is, I think that's something that's really unique about that studio that you don't really see a whole lot of. Which is really smart of them because it's like when you have a bunch of animators that you know deliver a certain type of quality, it stays very consistent throughout their shows. Like mm. when you look at like K-On or um, Chunibyo or even Violet Evergarden, it's kind of, and even Amagi Brilliant Park, honestly, it keeps that style of like cute moe, you know? And it's very consistent with all their shows yeah. like that. Not just consistent style, though, consistent quality. Yeah, and that that's part of why it's a good idea to hire and have your own in-house animators, especially when you know their quality of work is really good. Yeah, I'd honestly say that's probably the biggest problem with the anime industry today is that there's so few in-house animators at these anime studios. Then I think more anime studios should actually go back to doing that, where you just you hire animators and it's like, you stay here, you work for us, and just grow here. Don't just try and constantly look for work. Anime just has a uh, commitment issue with the <laughs> animators. Well, they the anime studios seem to have a problem paying their animators, which is something else that KyoAni is, is kind of known for. They pay their animators... I, I hate to use this phrase because I don't actually know if it's applicable in Japan, but a living wage where it's, it makes it to where not only do they not, do they not have to constantly look for work, they're also being paid a really good rate to do the work that they do. What's their trick? Which How is something do they that, keep themselves afloat? Who are they selling I, so, under the table? And so, where so can I, they I get think, in on that market? I think it's, so I think, it's, I think it's because that they... I think, well, partially because they're not having to constantly go out and recruit new talent as freelancers, but they're also, they have a, so much of the stuff they do in-house. Like, I mentioned they have the... So um, my question is, if this is working so well for them, why isn't everyone else doing it? Why is it, that's why, really why are they question. the only one that can pull this off? What is I their mean, secrets? Reveal yourself, KyoAni. They made, they made so, a contract with the devil, didn't they? <laughs> maybe i don't know um not gonna comment on that but um I, I i honestly don't know why more anime studios don't uh try to take this route uh maybe it's maybe it has something to do with where they're located like a lot of anime studios are I mean, Kyoto in or is around a, tokyo is a power spot so maybe i don't i don't know i maybe it does have something to do with that where i mean there's since so many anime studios are located in and around tokyo even if you are a freelance animator that lives in and around tokyo it makes it easy to bounce between studios oh wow so kyoto's animation is just like we're the only animation studio in town bitch you ain't got a choice we bought out all our competitors i see you i see you kyoani but that's not entirely true well i guess if you live in kyoto but like I mean, don't they have, like, a high-speed train to go between Kyoto and Tokyo? Well, it's not like you're, like... Yeah, but yeah, it's, but like... I know. Right, first of all... You'd have to move, probably, but... Well, no, the, the high-speed train is also super expensive. It's, like, fucking 75 USD or 80-whatever CAD to have a ticket. It's not something like, oh, yeah, I'm just gonna hop on the fucking bullet train every day. It's like, no, no, no. You gotta be fucking loaded to do that. Um, yeah. I personally think that they're following the business model of it costs 10 times as much to sign a new customer than it is to please your old returning customers. And they, I think QAnnie, what they did is they've created their own niche of like art style and quality. And they want to keep that because the people who keep coming back, like everybody knows QAnnie, right? Everybody knows their animation style. Everybody has a certain level of expectation. So it's a lot easier for them to always have returning business. You know what I'm saying? So that's probably why they have the money and this this goal plan works for them. Because for other studios, it's like they're they're fighting for scraps amongst the other publishers. But KyoAni was like, well, we don't have to because we've already cornered a certain market. You want super bubbly, fucking curvy, moe anime blob? We got that. We got you, fam. You want some super good animation quality with some fucking top tier voice acting top tier music we got that on lock too baby don't you worry you know every time we release something we're gonna get the returns so since and that's something that's hard for studios to get returns 
because you never know if a show is going to be a flop or not, right? Especially in this climate, like there's some shows that just work really well. Like look how big uh fucking Haruhi was. Haruhi was giant, you know. Lucky Star was a fucking hit. Uh, Nichijou was a hit as Nichijou well. Nichijou was but... an absolute flop, but after you know it became like a cult hit, but it was an absolute flop, and they lost a ton of money on Nichijou. Well, the reason why Nichijou was a flop was because they fucking sold it for too much per episode. Like, hey, you want three episodes? All right, that's gonna be like forty bucks. Like, what? Forty bucks for three episodes? Isn't that that's like a ridiculous. bargain in Japan? <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. I just know that. One of the reasons Nishijo flopped was because it was just too fucking expensive at the time. Well, and, and they also spent an enormous amount of money on the animation, which you can definitely tell by watching it because it looks gorgeous. But I don't know. Like, so few people actually watched it when it was on TV. So few people bought, like, DVDs and Blu-rays after it came out. It it just it was a it was a flop initially, but now it's gotten to the point where it's you know people have started to take notice of it, and I don't know how much more pronounced that was in Japan, but I I know it was the case in the West. Hmm. So yeah, they don't, but majority of their shows are always hits, is what I'm saying. And hmm. when you have that level of like returning customers, you can afford to just have your own animators in house all the time. Yeah. So you think yeah, it's you're right. more that they have a really great track record, a really consistent track record, so that they're able to have a great branding on their name? Yeah. You slap well, think kill, about it. You think, slap think, Kill think, Annie on anything, man, and people are going to be checking it out. It doesn't even matter if the show is bad or not, you know? Because when you slap Kill Annie on a label, you get shit like Violet Evergarden, right? Like, when we saw yeah. that at Anime Expo, like the first episode... I was, like, blown away. I was like, oh, my God, this quality is so good. It's so high, and the show is so good. It's fucking great. Yeah. I mean, the only reason I ended up watching Myriad Colors Phantom World, that show was not great, but the only reason I sat through the whole thing was because it was KyoAni. I mean, Mayonnaise it definitely summer. had... My- mayonnaise summer. It definitely had mayonnaise. a KyoAni-level animation. Oh, yeah, the animation was great. The story was just stupid. Fucking... <laughs> The the boob limbo that was that great. was the that was the uh, high point of the studio, <laughs> <laughs> literally. Um, but yeah, and, and it's worth pointing out that there are, there are other studios out there th- that have done what QNE does, or at least they have attempted to. But I don't think there's any other studio that's come close to perfecting what QNE does as much as they have. So a lot of other studios that have like a distinctive style. Um, what they do instead of what KyoAni does is that on the side they make these like crap fan service shows that like are really cheap to make and are completely not their style and then like they do three of those crap cheap shows and then one of their distinctive shows whereas KyoAni just consistently does distinctive uh, on-brand productions and you know the other studios that do these trash fan service stuff in in between their distinctive stuff is uh i mean they do it for allegedly for the money but i guess that's not the best way to do it because kyoani seems to be i feel like kyoani is a much more stable production house than a lot of other anime studios that use their own that like trash uh quick productions sort of uh business model yeah like quick money turnaround kind yeah of things. so I, I think it's you see you see it you see a ton of of anime studios nowadays like they'll they'll come out with one good thing and then they'll do like three isekai shows in a row because that's what sells right now and then they'll do another one of their regular shows after that yeah i'm like yeah because kyo can just afford to do it like I said, I'd, I'd, I'd hazard a fucking... This is randomly just pulled out of my ass, but I'd say like 80% of their shows are money makers. So they can afford a flop or two here and there. It doesn't matter. Unlike <laughs> unlike Trigger, where like, it's literally Every 50, single 50. one of their shows has to be a, 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 you know, a big seller because they're working on such thin margins. Yeah, so that, that's I'd say that's the biggest difference between them and every other studio because they they already have the market and again most of their shows are good like even their 
not as great selling shows are still good. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And then, well, kind of building off of that, then you have anime studios that are like A1 or JC staff who are so big. It's like they're almost too big to fail. Like they can come out with 18 shitty shows in a row, but they're still going to have money because they're just so big. Well, Aniplex, I mean, A1, who used to be Aniplex, but now they're called A1 Studios. They're they're owned by forgot who they're owned by but yeah they're they're a super giant company so they have to take the work that their fucking bosses hand them down like hey we signed this for 12 episodes you're making it and they don't really have a say it's kind of just like this is the work we have and you're gonna do it it doesn't matter fucking guilty or not guilty it was i'll know zero fucking a1 we're doing it yeah I think I think that's that's the difference where you have uh, Kyoto Animation, which is a relatively small studio in comparison to some of these larger ones, um, and they have a staff who is basically contracted to them. They're not freelance, and they have they they have a, a, a distinctive style that they've honed over a few years that they kind of have cornered the market on. So I'd say that's a pretty good winning combination for them. Yeah, I'd say the working conditions for them are pretty good too. <laughs> that too. I think that they've instituted like uh uh I, I read this somewhere. I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but they've instituted like a an overtime limit. So you can't actually work longer than a certain amount of hours. Which is good because unlike other animation studios which slave away for sixteen to eighteen hours a day to meet a deadline, Kyoani will just be like, Alright, well we'll swap you out for someone else and We'll continue on the project, and it'll get done. Like, they yeah, give themselves I, ample I, time. And since most of their staff is not um, freelance, their their staff has, like, medical insurance, so they can go, if they ever have a problem, they can go. And it's funny, because a lot of the studios that do slave away uh, have, are more, have more frequent, like, delays in their animation. <laughs> like... Oh no, we have to skip a week. Two two episodes next week. Oh no, we have to stop halfway through the core. We'll do it. We'll do it next season. And Kyoani is pretty consistent, even though they don't like make their animator slave away. Yeah, I mean, hell, they're so consistent that even after the arson attack, they released something. Violet Evergarden movie? No, that yeah, they released the Violet Evergarden OVA right after the arson attack, and they're like, well, this ain't gonna stop us. Well, because because that was already done. Right. Yeah, it was pretty much done. They just had to, you know, ship it off. But I mean, still to just do that right after it's like a big fuck you. I thought. It, I mean, it's it's a good, it looks good for them that they're able to carry on for this. I, I'm assuming that some of their other stuff is going to be. Well, I think they've already announced that the Violet Evergarden movie is going to be slightly delayed for next year. Um, and they're also working on a, 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 a film adaptation or continuation of Free, which I don't think has a title yet. I'd also like to point out that they only release, like, one or two shows a year. If that. Um, Sometimes they go a year or two without releasing anything. Yeah. So it's it seems like they they pick their projects pretty well as well. Mm. I feel like that yeah. might have a contributing factor because if you're, like, JC Staff or A1 where you're literally cranking out three shows a season and shit, or, um, oh no! Fuck it! You're JC Staff. You're cranking out eight to ten shows a season now. I don't know what is going on with JC Staff. Like everyone just seems to be piling their shit on them. Like there's a studio that'll start something and like, all right, second season, let's call JC Staff in. <laughs> yeah, that's become kind of a meme at this point. JC Staff. It has. Gonna, like Overlord season four, Madhouse. Nah, fuck JC Staff. Staff. Like final season of Attack on Titan, JC Staff. Yeah, and. Again, I feel like that's just because JC staff is just fighting for the scraps. You know, trying to get, well, these were big ticket items that people loved before, and they'll still watch it because it's like, you know, this is the label, Attack on Titan, or fucking yeah. whatever, even though it's not going to be as quality. Um, fuck, didn't, did JC, was it JC staff that picked up One Punch Man season two? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah, that was, they, you know what? They tried their best. I give them that. It wasn't I great. I have the exact same opinion as you. They tried really <laughs> hard. No, you give you give one of those gold stars. It just says you tried on there. Hey, I'm I enjoyed that. season two, but the animation wasn't as good, obviously. Yeah, and you know that's why I feel bad for these studios because it's like 
you got you got these very toxic and vicious fans that are like, oh, your animation style sucks. Oh, I can't believe you've done this. Like, dude, it wasn't it wasn't like they didn't try. Like, I I remember watching season two and in, like first episode of season two, I was like, oh my god, it's so bad. But they did try, man. It, it wasn't just like, oh, we we picked it up because we want to make money. No, it was shoved onto them, and they did their best. So fucking lay off, man. I mean, you're you're not wrong. You're not. You did it. Rep is a really good interpretation of Toxic Phantom. Yeah, because I'm a toxic fucking fan. What? <laughs> I'm just speaking from my heart. Uh, um, I feel I feel like we need to talk a little bit about free though, because so one of the things that Kyoani is kind of known for is I I would guess you would say it's female oriented shows, like with its really cute styling and it's like. Moe Uwu and it has a, I can't believe we just said Uwu on a recording. Uh, it has a lot of shows like Air and Canon and Clanad that are shoujo, and if they're not shoujo, there's a lot of um, characters that are main characters that are female or all female cast characters, and then we have Free, which is basically they're male characters, but I mean the show is male fan service for women, so. Mm. For me, at least, I definitely see Kyo Animation as a female-oriented uh, studio that tries to cater primarily to uh, female interests. And they also, allegedly, hire a lot of female animators, um, which I can definitely see. They definitely have like a different atmosphere to their shows. Um, I don't know if this is because of the animation or the writing, but a lot of other studios that animate female characters, they feel very tokenistic and they feel very sexualized, whereas a lot of the Kyo animation women uh, female characters, they don't feel super sexualized most of the time, and they're just, they just feel like normal characters, which is like all I'm asking for from female characters. Just want them to be normal. I don't need them to be like hypersexual sex objects twenty four seven. Um, but yeah, that's that's something that Kyoani definitely brings to the table. So, with the ex- exception of like Phantom World, where Mayonae-sama was extremely just, just bouncy tits. She's, yeah, she's <laughs> just literally bouncy tits. They they do use a lot of um, they do a lot of. <laughs> What a big titty, nice curvy anime girls. Um, so what? it's kind of <laughs> when you think about their no, show. Okay, Wait, who, who else is a big titty? Means, I, I I don't think he necessarily means big titty, but I will say the curvy. Like, so one thing, especially like I want to say from like two thousand eight, two thousand nine through probably now, one thing that Kyoani does with its like female character designs there's so many female characters that have what i like to call baby making hips where it's like they're they're hips that are just slightly wider than the shoulders kaon is a really good example of that baby making hips they look like they're 12 <laughs> when does that ever stop anybody oh my, oh my god, god. <laughs> hello fbi most of the fbi um but that's what i mean like they for a studio that it, it it's weird because it's like they don't sexualize them, but they do have that distinct like, look at Rika from Love Chunibyo, she's thick, uh, senpai, and then look at Tamako. Really? Because like, Markage. okay, well, to me, I don't see Rika's character design as sexual at all. I don't no, know. No, that's just what personally. I'm They're not. They're not sexualized, but they are drawn very like curvy. They're, which, yeah, they're you're curvy, but not sexualized. It's up in the moe factor is what I'm trying to get at, which is which, what yeah, they think, love doing. Which is very like cutesy. Which, yeah. I mean, for a Western audience, that would be considered feminine, like, female-oriented. But, like, in Japan, like, it's okay for men to be into cutesy stuff. Like, it's socially accepted. So, I guess that's, like... But, like, I feel that... Wait, they, so I'm not allowed to be into cute stuff? I don't... Like, it's not socially acceptable in the West. How dare you? Well, it's just what it is. <laughs> but, I mean, uh... I see what you're saying. But you're right, like, this style, this overly moe blob style is what sells in Japan, right? A lot of fans are actually guys, even though these shows are actually really good and they have strong female leads in some of them. Like, uh, and Beyond the Boundary, the 
the main character is a guy and it's from a guy's perspective but his counterpart is the female lead and she's a strong character and it's kind of like that for a lot of their shows like in um <clears throat> in canon air and clanad they're based around the perspective of a guy but they develop the characters of all the female characters instead of the, just the guy which is really good because <laughs> first and foremost these are all harem by the way <laughs> yeah well they're all they're all based on harem visual novels yeah but it does a really good job at developing the female characters which makes it feel more realistic because it's like hey you know women aren't just objects they're actual people they have personalities well one thing that Clanad does, I would say, a little bit better than the other two that you mentioned, is that it has, first of all, Clanad has probably the biggest cast of all of those. Um, but it develops all of the characters around the main character who is a male way better than they do the male character, in my opinion. Like, you, you know so much more about the female characters than you know about the male main character. Yeah, like, in Haruhi, it's the same way. Like, all the female characters are a lot more interesting than Kion is, and they're kind of I don't even know Kion's real name. I don't even... What? He has a name? What? Isn't he just Kion? That's not his name. No, that's not his name. He he says at the very beginning that that's a nickname, but no one ever says his real name. Oh, shit. I always thought it was Kion. Oh, fuck. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it, it just seems like this is a great way to sell your shit create an actual decent story fill it in with cute looking girls and develop these characters who would have thunk that that makes a good fucking show I, well yeah i and the, the whole reason i brought up free in the first place was because um kill annie took this this concept which was originally just a tech demonstration they they said hey look we got this really cool new way to animate water to be kind of very realistic and they just showed it off and it was like i think it was like a five or a ten minute presentation that just they showed off water in like a pool and the ocean and stuff like that and it was just this new concept that they had for animating water and everyone and then there i think there were like maybe one or two really cute like male swimmer characters that they threw in there just to show how the animation worked with characters in it. And everyone's like, you should build a show around that. And, and they did. I don't think free is very, um, it's obviously made for females, right? For the Fujoshis, quite obviously. Yeah. They even have an insert character who's super into muscles, who doesn't even play a big part in the series. <laughs> she kind of just there. No, she just had to go, ooh, Yeah, like, oh, my God, look at his bicep, his abs, oh, my gosh. But, um, I mean, the characters are well-developed even in that show. Like, it's it's not just limited to the female characters in their shows. They, Kill Annie seems to understand that if we want a good show, we need to actually flesh out all of our characters when we introduce mm. them so it makes you like them even more. Because it's not just selling the tits and the ass, you know, as I would say. They're not just selling the the tits and the ass to the industry. They've got more to it. Yeah, they've got a great art style and great animation, but they don't rely on it. They also develop their characters. So they've got the full package. And they also like to develop the people that make this stuff. And I think that's probably the big thing that KyoAni does better than anybody else, is that they actually like to take new talent and help develop them over the course of their career. A great example of that is the creator of, well, not the creator of Kion, but the director who worked on Kion, uh, Naoko Yamada. Like, she started off, she was, like, really, really young for a director when she did um, uh, Kion. And they someone at Kyoto Animation saw potential for her because she was just like a key animator who had just been biding her time at Kyoto Animation. And someone saw, someone there in, in the higher up saw some potential and it was like, hey, we just licensed this uh, this manga called Kion. Uh, you're going to direct it. It's, just, it's like, oh, okay. And it turned out really, really well. I mean, you ask just about any uh anyone in japan they might actually tell you that Kaon is one of the best anime adaptations ever made and they've they've stuck with her i mean she's still around she's still around at the at the studio she's still working on stuff and it just shows that that kyoto animation has this like commitment to developing talent not just hiring talent they love to groom <laughs> that didn't sound creepy at all but I mean, 
think that's it's one of the things that you just you just don't see that at so many other studios. It's it's because so many of the animators work freelance. That's all I got. <laughs> so I, there there was nothing else to that story. I just wanted. To... I mean, what else can be said about KyoAni other than it, overall, it's a great studio, great quality. They treat their people well, and it's just. They're one of the very well-known studios. I mean, I can't really think of any other studio that you can just identify based off of just watching like an OP or an ED or just looking at one character. I'm like, oh yeah, that's Kyo Annie. Like, there's they're so distinctive in their industry that they've cornered their own market, and that's why they're so successful, and that's why people love them so much. And we have so many returning viewers like again i inadvertently watched almost all of the kill annie shows and it it wasn't even because i knew they were kill annie it was just because oh yeah this is a good show yeah i that's that's it in a nutshell really and then you have beautiful stuff like violet evergarden that gets made that's something else that kill annie has done that i don't think we've really talked about they like are so good at adapting really emotional stories yeah i'd say like 50 percent of their stuff is pretty emotional emotionally heavy yeah violet evergarden was fucking uh, tough that was a tough thing to get i mean it's great it it, it, it's good in that way but it's it's really tough to get through um clan ad and especially after story holy fuck i feel like the the weakest point of uh kill annie was when they made hyoka i think that was a pretty weak show Wait, oh, yeah, this oh, ought to be my, good because I think I, I think show actually likes yeah, Yoka. That's my no, favorite too, show from the studio. What I meant by that is like, it seems like um, they didn't really pursue their strengths on Hyoka with their animation because I feel Kyoani is one of I'd say their major strength is the animation, right, and the cutesy like bubbly moe style. But Hyoka is a show where it it kind of has that with Chitanda, sure, but. It's more about the story, and the story is really good, too. They're not just excellent at animating. They're also really good at expanding stories. So, what so that's was what the I meant, part? show. What? So what was the weak part? No, I, I was saying they didn't expand on their strengths, which is the animation with the overly cutesy Moe thing. That was one of their... He's, he's, like, I, mean, I think he's saying that they, they, did, they did a good job adapting the story. They didn't do a good job you know, animating it as they did other stuff. Yeah. I don't I don't see that. I mean, they have a lot of other slice of life stuff that isn't like overly animated. Yeah, but like in something like Tomico Market, which is just a, it's a pretty boring slice of life in my opinion. It's not that funny, but the main selling point of Tomico Market was how cute it was, which is one of Kyo Annie's strong points. Uh, but they didn't was use that. Cute. <laughs> it was eh, it was all right. I thought the story was a lot better than the animation. Like, it wasn't as cute as, I don't know, Haruhi is, or, like, Chunibyo was. Or even Free. Free was even more beautiful. Well, like, yeah, the cuteness was not the central aspect, but the story was definitely the central aspect. But the animation, I think the animation was still there. Still, and the style was no, definitely that, still there. And that's there. what I'm saying. I'm just saying that they didn't rely on just animation for Hyoka. And it still turned out that's, great. That's stupid. Because they have a lot of stuff that they don't rely just on the animation. Like Sound Euphonium. It's like okay animation, but it's more about like the characters. Or a silent voice. Or even so Harvey. I've, like, I've never seen Sound Euphonium, so I don't really know. Okay. Well. You're not, you're not one for Yuri bait, are you? Is that show about Yuri? Is that what it is? Uh, according it's, to the fans, definitely and according baity. to me, it is about Yuri Bait. <laughs> but the creator of it, it's like, it's not going to happen, guys. <laughs> Shut up. The creator is lying be. to that, it, uh, his or her fans and himself slash herself, because I don't know who this person is. The, 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 uh, the people really want them to hook up, but it's not going to happen. It would be better if they did. Like, they just need, like, a fucking raunchy sex scene. And fil- no, don't oh, do that. Q&A. You know what? Get out of your head, Cannon. you filthy, filthy animals. If you watched Sound Euphonium, you would agree with me and everyone else. I'm probably never going to watch Sound Euphonium. <laughs> <laughs> just because it's Kill Annie doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. Well, did you watch uh show? Did you watch that show, Sarune? Yeah. 
Was it was was it something kind of akin to sound euphonium in that way, where it's like they're they're more so after the like emotional story aspect than the uh, animation. Um, because I didn't watch that last year. I mean, the animation was good. It wasn't like over the top, like free or I or I assume Violet Evergarden, but. I mean, it's more about, like, the slice-of-life cutesy. That's w- what I would say the focus of the show is. Okay. Is Serune the, the Archery Boys one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Of course. What? <laughs> Nothing. Don't worry about Good it. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems like you, you only care about Serune because it's fan service for boys. I feel like you only care about Kyoani because it's fan service for girls. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You are exactly. not wrong. So, <laughs> exactly. This coming from someone who has never seen Violet Evergarden. John? What? No, from you, show. Wait, what does that have to do with fan service for boys? Yeah, what does that even mean, Alex? I'm confused too now. <laughs> never mind. I think it, Violet Evergarden's a really good show. You should definitely watch mm. the show. No. Yeah, I... No, I need more. You don't care about. I don't like the character design. Is it? Is it the metal hands? It's the saber knockoff. (laughs) Oh my god! (laughs) She doesn't look anything like saber. She's except maybe the hair. That's all. The the hair is almost the exact same color. She's blonde. That's all. That's all. That's why you you should listen to our. uh, Oh, you have listened to our Vinland Saga cast, where I'm like, this is a blonde character. This is a blonde character. They're all the same. <laughs> I mean, it makes so sense many for people Vinland, in Vinland though. Saga are very blonde. Well, that's because they're Nordic. That's like their racial trait, man. I know. I'm just saying it makes it difficult to tell the characters apart. Oh, that means that's bad. It means it's a bad show with bad writing. <laughs> I just I can't count the number of times that that show has said Askeladd when he means Thorfinn. <laughs> Whatever. They're both blonde people. <laughs> Askeladd's not blonde. Anyway. He's old. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> What's that? <laughs> what does that mean? Hold on. Now I'm confused. Who the fuck's Askeladd? <laughs> is he not the old guy? <laughs> he is the older Wait, blonde person. Yes, we're not talking about fucking Vinland Saga. Anyways. Anyway. That's all I got for KyoAnnie. Uh, it's a good studio. Yeah. It's cute. Go watch their shows. Support them, please. Um, yes, please. Chunibyo, I I want an epilogue, please, where they bang and have kids. I want to see that. Um, Did you? Oh, have you not seen the the movie? No, it didn't release in theaters around me. Do they bang and have? Oh, kids? Oh, that's a shame. Do they uh, bang well, and have they didn't kids? Bang because that's clearly not Kyoani style. I could never imagine Kyoani animating a sex scene. Uh, yeah, the the hardest they ever go is a kiss or holding hands. You know. <laughs> um, but there there there's there's development there. That's, I I don't want to ruin it for people who haven't seen it, but if you like the the series, you should definitely watch the movie. I just completely forgot about the movie. Not gonna lie, uh, <laughs> I've got the attention span um, of a fucking goldfish, man. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, John John's pretty much hit it on the head. Distinctive style, uh, the way they treat their animators, if they're good shit, definitely support them as much as you can, especially after what happened earlier this year. All right. She didn't really want to talk about it. Enough of sucking KyoAni's dick. Now here comes the bombshell where I discuss all the sexual harassment that's in the studio. All the <laughs> all the tax evasion. All the... Oh, shit. Wait. That's a different studio. Hold on now. Wait. That's ufotable. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'd i be very disappointed to hear uh, any bad news about KyoAni because it seems like they're such an upstanding studio. It'd be like finding out one of your favorite uh, voice actors from the mid-2000s is just... A whoremongering slut. Oh, wait. That kind of happened. All right. Any closing thoughts on Kill Annie? Anyone else? I, I, I love them. I mean, I will always love them. Even if they stop making stuff, I'm going to love them. Because they're Kill Annie. Kill Annie is Kill Annie. Fun things are fun. Make more cute boy shows. Because I will watch them. <laughs> I love Surene. Fuck John. <laughs> <laughs> Make more cute girl shows because I love those. Make more just cute shows in general, Kyoani. Also, I would like to say Nichijou is the best anime comedy ever made. 
I would say Donchi no Kokosei. Nichijou. Okay, yeah. Daily Lives of High School was. Oh, could you imagine a remake of that being done by KyoAni though? I kind of like it with I'd Sunrise though. It makes more sense with Sunrise because they use the same sound effects, and that's what's funny about it. Anyway, thank you all there for dropping in to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed it because we always enjoy bringing this stuff to you. If you want to check out previous episodes of the podcast, you can find us on YouTube, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions or if you have ideas for topics you would like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Say goodnight, Moe Blobs. Ooh, ooh, moe, Moe, Kuhn? Ooh, ooh. Ooh, ooh, no, it's Moe, Moe, Kuhn, man. Moe, Moe, Kuhn? Moe, Moe, Kuhn? Uh... God, I, I miss Smoogie's eyebrows. Gross. Come on.